what our students have come to finally call the bowl. Uh, and the bowl is simply a big party bowl from my house uh, that we fill with food every day at work for anyone to take. Uh, and it started uh, just a desire of helping folks who are hungry, uh, but has really grown to represent a lot of what we think poverty informed is. Uh, and even a year ago, I was trying to describe what that is. Uh, we've learned a lot more since then, but it might be interesting to see kind of where we were at that time and what we learned about community building. So I'd like to share with you today an article called Poverty Informed Practice in Higher Education, Food for Thought. I wrote not long ago about our desire to remove every barrier that we can as part of our poverty informed practice. I've written about that idea before, but I'd like to share what it looks like in practice and what we've learned from it. For those of you who read my articles or listen to my podcasts, first, thank you for doing that, uh, you'll recall that I committed to having food in our lobby for anyone to take. Now it's just snack food, but it is something. We admire our friends at Amarillo College and their culture of caring, and this is one small attempt to emulate it here at Western. If you came on a Monday, you'd see a full bowl of snacks, including trail mix and fruit snacks and, well, all kinds of different things. It's hard to learn if you're hungry, and this helps a little. But in reality, having food out is more poverty-informed than I knew. People in the crisis of poverty have some remarkable qualities, one of which is a generosity and a sharing culture that I remember from my childhood and admire to this day. Food in our lobby is a small way of acknowledging that we value that quality and that we welcome you to our home. Surviving poverty requires an interdependence that means when times are good, you help others, because when times aren't good, they will help you. This is our way of saying times are good for us and we know it's our turn to help. We do so without judgment and without question. We do it because that is what people do. Food has created community for ages and watching people stop by for a snack before class and engaging them in conversation is just another opportunity to build a relationship. We believe that relationships are paramount in being poverty informed and food helps that happen. Oh yeah, and people are hungry. Uh, three hours after I fill the bowl, it's usually empty and needs to be refilled again. I came across an interesting post on Dr. Donna Beagle's Facebook page a while ago. It said, what does someone have to do to be worthy of your help? Reflecting on this question will help you identify subconscious bias. Now that felt like an idea I've written about before when we talk about who deserves our help. But now we had a live lab to uncover our own bias. Early, well-intended discussions about student hunger produced emails about making sure food is just for students in poverty. But that doesn't sound like or feel like building community to me. And how would we actually verify that? There's so much judgment around poverty and food. Uh, a Western graduate working her way out of poverty shared with us that she was grocery shopping one day and bought a bunch of fresh produce for her and her daughter. When she pulled out her EBT card at checkout, another shopper remarked, it must be nice to be able to afford that stuff on the taxpayer dime. Now the same student told me that if she had come up with a cart of cheap junk food, she would have been judged harshly for that as well. Poverty really can be a no-win proposition. So our food is simply for guests. Now I also have fantastic office staff. 
But I knew I needed to give them explicit direction to not correct or chastise students for taking too much or too often. That's an example of letting go of judgment and letting go of how people should behave. My staff has followed that direction, but we have had some of them express frustration about people stocking up or filling their pockets. This actually led to great discussions about why and how we don't know who people are taking food for, and we don't care. We don't worry about who deserves food. Lots of people deserve food. And this isn't charity, it's hospitality and community. But it has been an interesting way to uncover and discuss our own biases. We are better for it. I think the last poverty-informed practice in the bowl is that we don't tell students who provided this food and we don't ask for gratitude. We do not require you to be grateful to be worthy of our help. Other cool things have happened since the Sunday night I bought trail mix and granola bars and put them out. Other people started bringing things in, which was nice, but not surprising. Educators are generally pretty good people. We also received cash donations from staff. And when we started to share our story on social media, we had donations from outside our college. The health promotions director from a regional health system wanted to partner up, and I made that happen. And our hope has been that our poverty-informed division will spread to a poverty-informed college and community, and that is starting to happen. We have a great stash of snacks that are out for the day and we refill when we run out. I see students stopping every hour and they are pleased and engaged. I also make a point to tell staff these are community items and if you're hungry, go help yourself. A poverty-informed program leverages relationships at every opportunity and if a big bowl of snacks creates community, all the better. I believe it has also started to shift our focus on students we see them more as guests and as people. Now being poverty informed is a tough concept to define concretely. So much of what we are trying to do seems like just being a good person. And actually several people who have read these articles have told me exactly that. And they're absolutely right. Poverty informed practices and solutions are solutions for just about everyone. That's why we don't think of what we are doing as being the right thing. It's the smart thing. Everyone we serve benefits from being treated with respect. They benefit from being seen for accomplishments and strengths. They benefit from a relentless, future-focused approach. And they benefit from a place of belief. Having snacks in the lobby has started to change our behavior, our language, and our conversations. It is a small thing that can have powerful ripple effects. I'd encourage you to consider it. Every barrier that can be removed should be removed.